This is Theremin 30. 30 minutes of Theremin music, news, events, and interviews with a new episode about every 30 days. Now, here's your host from Denver, Colorado, USA, Rick Reed. Hey, welcome to the Theremin 30 podcast for the month of February 2022. I wasn't able to get an episode together in January because of time commitments to other projects, but I'm hoping to get back into a rhythm for the rest of this year and put out an episode every month. You can help me by letting me know about new theremin music I can play on the show and about theremin events I can list on the Theremin 30 calendar. Also, let me know of people you'd like me to interview. You can write to me through the website, Facebook, or Twitter. In this episode, I have new music to share with you from Miles Brown, Marla Goodman, Kevin Sinnott, and for the first time in this series, Carolina Ike. And my special guest is Eric Wallen, designer of the D-Lev Digital Theremin. It's an instrument that takes a whole new approach to the technology of space-controlled music. Let's get the music started right now with something you don't often hear on this podcast, a song with vocals. From Australian singer Grace Cummings off her new album Storm Queen, here is a track called Fly a Kite, featuring thereminist Miles Brown.
his voice rolls on like the tide. I wish I.
started the show with Fly a Kite by Grace Cummings, featuring Miles Brown on theremin. It's from Grace's new Storm Queen album. After that, we heard an arrangement of the traditional American folk song Shenandoah, performed by Montana, USA-based multi-instrumentalist Marla Goodman. On that track, Marla played the Moog Clarivox theremin, a Rocky Mountain dulcimer, and a ukulele. She says she was inspired to record the song by a boy named Charlie, who uses his Instagram account to raise awareness about type 1 diabetes. Marla posted a video performance to YouTube, and you can find it on the Theremin 30 YouTube playlist. After the break, I'll take a look at upcoming events on the Theremin 30 calendar and play new music from Kevin Sinnott. And later in the show, I'll visit with D-Lev designer Eric Wallen, so stay tuned. The Theremin 30 podcast is supported by affiliate programs with Eargasm Earplugs, eBay, Reverb, and Zounds. When you follow these links and banners on our website, a portion of any purchases you make will help keep this show in the ether. So start shopping at theremin30.com. We take some time out of every podcast episode to look at the Theremin 30 calendar of Theremin events. On February 26th, Charlie Hobbs and Coralie Ainger will present a combined workshop and concert in Fribourg, Switzerland. Also on the 26th, Yoko Onishi hosts her monthly RCA Theremin Evening on YouTube. Lydia Cavanagh continues her online workshops on most Sundays. February 28th marks the 94th anniversary of the granting of the U.S. patent for the theremin to Professor Leon Theremin, and March 9th is the 111th anniversary of Clara Rockmore's birth. For details about these events and more, check out the interactive calendar on theremin30.com. And if you have an event you'd like me to put on the calendar, send me all the details through the website, Twitter, or Facebook. Liverpool, England-based recording artist Kevin Sinnott has a new album out called The King and Queen of the Graveyard. Kevin describes it as an imagined ballet documenting 24 hours in the life of a local cemetery. Here's a track from the album called Skeletons Dancing on Our Graves.
That was Skeletons Dancing on Our Graves by Kevin Sinnott. You can find Kevin's new album, The King and Queen of the Graveyard, on Spotify, Amazon Music, and all the other usual places. Click on his name in this month's show notes for a link to more details on his website. I've got new music from Carolina Ike coming up later. And right after this break, I'll visit with electronics engineer and instrument designer Eric Wallen about his new D-Lev digital theremin. So stick around. Hey, this is Rick Reed, producer and host of the Theremin 30 podcast. Did you know that you can advertise with Theremin 30? You can place banner ads on the website or even get a commercial played right here in the middle of the show. It's a great way to promote products, services, and events to the Theremin community. And honestly, this show does not have a huge audience, at least not yet. But that means it doesn't cost much to get involved. You can find rates and details at theremin30.com. A few of my friends around the world have been lucky enough to be among the first musicians to get the new D-Lev Digital Theremin. It's an instrument that takes a technological approach to theremin music much different than any other instrument I've seen. A few weeks ago, I visited with Eric Wallen, designer of the D-Lev, from his home in New Jersey. Thank you for being on the Theremin 30 podcast. Thank you, Rick, for having me on. The reason I got you on the show is I wanted to hear about your instrument called the D-Lev. Some of my friends have some of your instruments. Yes, I made 10 kits so far and launched them into space. <laughs> <laughs> the D-Lab is entirely based on an FPGA technology. An FPGA is a field programmable gate array. Field programmable gate array? Yeah, it's, what it is, is it's like a sea of logic with a fabric of switches that are interconnected using a high-level description language. I think what you said, because I'm not an electronic engineer, is it's a computer that replaces traditional electronics? It's generic logic that replaces specific logic, generally. You program this generic logic to do specific things. How'd you get started on the project, and what progress have you made so far? I worked in telecom for 12 years, but I've always wanted to design and work in the electronic music field. And when I left my job, I wanted to develop a sound synthesizer and I wanted to work on a custom processor. And I thought, well, you know, let me work on a theremin. How hard could that be? (laughs) (laughs) It seems like all theremin designers go down the same path, you know. It seems easy, but then there's a lot of nuance to it. (laughs) The project started with the design of the digital oscillators that, that set up the pitch and volume fields. And it uses phase lock techniques to maintain the resonance and a high voltage on the antennas. And then after that, I moved on to the synthesizer portion of the project. I focus mainly on human vocals, but it turns out the same topology can do things like strings, clarinets, whistles, saws, bells, airplanes, things like that. So it's kind of fun. But human vocals are really kind of where it's at. You say you have 10 instruments built? What's the response been so far for the people that have those instruments? There are nine in the field at the moment, and um, the response has been positive. Um, I think many are still grappling with the, uh, the ergonomics and 
mechanics of making a permanent enclosure for it. What do these things look like? And uh, I, I know the antennas are different than traditional theremins. It comes mounted on a piece of corrugated plastic, the control panel, the tuner, and there are two boxes, one for the pitch side and one for the volume side. And inside the box is a coil. And so what's in the kit is uh, two temporary plate antennas. And I try to push plates because they make a lot of sense for a digital theremin. There really hasn't been much pushback. I expected much more. Most people seem pretty fine with it. With the pitch antenna, does the player move their hand up and down? The beauty of the kit is you can set it up however you want. It gets me out of building a case. (laughs) (laughs) It makes shipping much lighter. Mm -hmm. And then it lets the owners make their own dream sort of instrument. I've seen some really uh, beautiful cabinets so far. One is in a, a bowl of wine box. Another person, I think, is using wine box, too. They work out pretty well. You can leave it in the cardboard box forever and still play it. What makes it different than a traditional theremin, if there is such a thing as a traditional theremin, because they've changed so much over the years? The D-Lab is a real theremin in the sense that the player interacts with two capacitive fields, but the sound generation is via a DSP, a digital signal processing music synthesizer. And that's not anything new. I mean, the open theremin does that. The ether box from a long time ago that Bob Moog designed did that. The Theremini does that. The Clarabox does that in modern modes. But when you decouple the audio generation from the fields, you know, when you don't heterodyne like most analog theremins do, you can linearize the field mathematically. You can size it. You can locate it. You have a lot of control over the shape and location of the field. And I think that's probably the biggest accomplishment in the DLEV. But I've also got a very responsive pitch and volume LED tuner display. I have a very natural sounding pitch correction. It has an organic modal synthesis engine and a sophisticated pitch preview. Can you create your own patches and save them as presets? Yes, you can. There are 100 slots that you can save to. And then there's 99 slots that are sort of factory slots that are read-only. But you can put whatever you want in those slots too with the editor. Now, did you come up with all of those presets yourself, or do you have other musicians helping you with that? I came up with the vast majority of them myself. I had one other person working with me, Roger Hess, worked with me on the project extensively for several years, and he came up with a beautiful female Patsy Cline kind of voice. I use it all the time. And I've lowered the formants and turned it into a tenor, and it's also very expressive. You've been working on this years and years, haven't you? Because I think you've started talking about it on the Theremin World bulletin board quite a while ago. Yeah, like about 10 years ago. It must be exciting to be this close to finished. Or are you finished? It's hard to say. I mean, yes, it's in a state that it can be distributed, but it could be cost reduced and it could have things like reverb added to it that I'd like to do. And maybe now with the supply interruptions, I'll, <laughs> I'll have more time to uh, do further engineering work on it. I've never invented anything. To be this far along with such a cool instrument, I mean, is it relief or a thrill or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to have a really big project because when you maybe hit a dead end doing one thing, you can do something entirely different. You can work on the manual or you can work on some other aspect of the design. 
there's just always something to do. And then when you release it, there's been a social aspects of releasing it have been very, very interesting, very rewarding. Everybody that's contacted me, everybody that's bought one has been uniformly very kind, very earnest. So it's been wonderful getting to know people through the project. So is your plan to have these commercially available for sale? You know, I'm kind of playing it by ear right now. Right now, it's also kind of difficult to obtain parts. I'm trying to scrounge enough FPGA boards together to make another round of kits, and I'll be able to do that. But with COVID, supply chains have been very disrupted. If somebody wants to purchase an instrument when you can make some more, how do they find out about it? Where can they get more information? Well, they can read about the DLEV on the DLEV website, d-lev. They can see pictures of units that are out in the wild. Uh, They can listen to various voice presets that I've played mostly. And they can download the editor and play around with it. They can read the manual. There's a Facebook group as well, right? Yes, there's a Facebook group. D-Love Groupies. I really appreciate you taking the time to show me your instrument and uh, tell our listeners more about it. Thank you so much for having me on. To learn more about Eric Wallen's D-Lev Theremin, follow the link in this month's show notes at theremin30.com. Now let's finish the show with new music from Carolina Ike. Her new album is called Thetis 2086, and it's set for release on April 15th. You can pre-order it now on Amazon. Here is the first single, Crystal Glacier.
That was Crystal Glacier by Carolina Ike. You can see the music video for that song on the Theremin 30 playlist. And there's the theme music, so I should take this moment to send out a big thank you to Grace Cummings and Miles Brown, Marla Goodman, Kevin Sinnott, and Carolina Ike for allowing me to play their wonderful music. I'm also grateful to Eric Wallen for visiting with me about the D-Lev Digital Theremin and to the listeners who support the show with small monthly donations. I also want to thank you for listening. Please tell your friends to listen. Also, be sure to check out any of the episodes you may have missed. Until next time, this is Rick Reed. I'll see you again soon, somewhere in the ether. You've been listening to the Theremin 30 podcast. Visit Theremin 30 on the web at theremin30.com.